0: Countdown for Blastoff. X minus one. Yes, it's Maxwell House Coffee Time, starring George Burns and Gracie Allen. Richard Diamond, Private Detective. The Johnson Wax Program with Fever McGee and Molly. Suspense. It's time once again for another comedy episode of Our Miss Brooks Dragnet. We offer you Escape. Kraft presents The Great
1: Gildersleeve.
0: Oh, yeah. I'm that man. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. Good evening, friends of the Inner Sanctum. The
1: Jack Benny Program.
2: Hi, this is Carl Amari, and welcome to Episode 41 of Radio Rarities, the weekly podcast series that examines unique episodes from the golden age of radio. My co host is the vivacious Lisa Wolf.
3: This time we have an audition of a psychological drama.
2: It's out of the night. Starring Elliot Lewis
3: In the thrilling episode Dead End Written by Larry Marcus
2: Who had previously authored scripts For several radio shows Including The Whistler and Suspense
3: But it was with the series Dark Venture That Marcus made his mark in the medium
2: In the spring of 1945 J. Donald Wilson Who developed, directed, and wrote Many of the scripts for The Whistler While at CBS Was now at ABC And needed a program to fill a vacancy At his new network
3: Wilson devised a Whistler-like series called Dark Venture.
2: This new program offered stories similar in nature to The Whistler.
3: But not all were told from the vantage point of the criminal, as some offered the perspective from the victim or a witness.
2: Dark Venture had an anonymous narrator voiced by actor John Lake.
3: Lake also portrayed The Whistler during the summer of 1942, filling in for Joseph Kearns.
2: In producing The Whistler, Wilson also accepted scripts from freelance writers including Larry Marcus.
3: During the development of Dark Venture, Wilson tapped Marcus to be the program's chief writer.
2: Dark Venture made its debut from Hollywood on ABC June 5, 1945.
3: At that point, it was only heard on the network's Pacific Coast stations. It
2: became a popular feature on ABC and was promoted to the full network schedule in February of 1946.
3: And two months later, a sponsor signed on, mm-hmm. Wild Root Company Makers of Cream Oil for the hair,
2: which Lisa still uses on her delicate hair today. The firm would add a second series to its advertising campaign, The Adventures of Sam Spade Detective, during the summer of 1946.
3: Wild Root's sponsorship of Dark Venture continued for about a year, ending in April of 1947.
2: The program's broadcasts east of the Rocky Mountains ended in the spring of 1947, but listeners on the West Coast continued to be thrilled through the end of the year.
3: Though they used the same scripts, the West Coast and East Coast versions were broadcast on different Days and had different directors. Leonard Rieg was at the helm for the West, with William T. Johnson handling those duties
2: for the East. Knowing that Dark Venture was going to be canceled by the network, Larry Marcus, along with William T. Johnson, wanted to continue their previous success with Dark Venture.
3: So during the fall of 1947, they reworked a former Dark Venture script into a new proposed series that they called out of the night they chose elliot lewis to star in the pilot episode
2: lewis had built himself a great reputation as an actor during the previous decade appearing in hundreds of shows from jack benny to the Lux radio theater
3: he also had leading roles in adventures by morse and the casebook of gregory hood
2: as the announcer for the audition they chose one of the medium's finest george feniman who would later be heard on dragnet And you bet your life.
3: And the supporting cast was called from Hollywood's Radio Row.
2: Okay, sit back, relax, and enjoy Elliot Lewis as George Graham in the audition of Out of the Night, as originally recorded at the ABC Studios in Hollywood, November twenty fifth,
0: 1947. Out of the Night.
1: Stories of adventure, mystery, and suspense. The
4: needle on the speedometer fascinated me. 50, 55, 60. 65, the truck kept gathering more momentum, faster and faster. I kept my hand on the horn to warn all the other trucks and cars that I was out of control to get out of my way. 75, 80. I couldn't understand. I wasn't scared. Like a dream, like a nightmare that would end as quick as it began. No, not a dream. This was happening
1: to me. Good evening. The American Broadcasting Company presents another story, Out of the Night, written by Larry Marcus and directed by William T. Johnson. Elliot Lewis stars in the role of George Graham in Dead End. This evening's story, Out of the Night.
4: 85 miles an hour, 87. Eighty-eight. No way to stop her. No brakes, no nothing. This was my death. I started remembering the way a drowning man remembers. and I began to know it was right that it should end like this. It had started less than three hours ago. A few minutes after eleven by the big noisy alarm clock on the chair by my bed. 11:05 11.05 Pacific Standard Time, like the man on the radio would say. The big blue Pacific. I came out to pick oranges off the trees and baked myself in the sun. When you find out the same things happen to you, no matter where you're. started pacing up and down. I lit a cigarette. My fingers shook so much I had to hold the match with both hands. Lock it was driving me nuts. i was smart. Can't stop it ticking anyhow. Helen. Yeah. What's wrong?
5: A car parked across the street a few minutes ago.
4: Black Buick sedan.
5: I don't know if it's a Buick. It's them. You don't know for sure. I tell you,
4: it's them. Have you got any money, Helen?
5: What for? I got to get away. Where are you going?
4: The Frisco. If I can get to Frisco, I'll be all right.
5: Yeah, till the next time. All
4: right, don't start that. Have you got any money?
5: Where would I get money from you?
4: Maybe in Frisco it'll be different.
5: It'll never be different for you. You've never done anything right in your whole life. (laughs) Leave it to me to team up with a guy like that. Look,
4: there's no time... Come
5: with me and I'll put diamonds in your ears. Well, is it my fault? Champagne for breakfast. So many furs in your closet, you'll think it's a zoo. Tra-la, tra-la, tra-la. Oh, sure. Look, George... All you are is a cheap little tin horn who's reached the dead end. Helen, don't say that. Why not? Can't you stand the truth? Don't you know you've got no place else to go? Don't you know you'd be better off? You let those guys in front kill you. Helen, you welched on them, didn't you? And the least you can do is let them kill you. You'd really be better off, George. Everyone'd be better off. You shut up. <laughs>
4: I, 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 I didn't mean that, Helen. Helen, you got me crazy. I'm sorry.
5: You better get out of here before I invite him in.
4: Well, I-, I need some money to get away.
5: Sorry, I'm fresh out.
4: No, but Helen, honest... Highway
5: I... 99's less than a mile away. You should be able to hitch a ride easy. At least you got a thumb. Helen,
4: just 20 bucks to do it. Get out! I, I-, I didn't mean what I did before. Someday I'm going to get my break, and I'm going to make everything up to you, Helen. You see if I don't... One of these days, I'm going to start going places.
5: Where can a guy go when he's reached dead end?
4: Wait. (laughs) Helen shouldn't have said that. It wasn't my fault that I never got a break. I went down the back stairs. I could get out through the alley okay. They didn't know I'd been tipped off. They were after me. They were waiting for me to come out the front way. Well, they'd have a long wait pushed open the screen door there wasn't a sound in the darkness i got to the alley
0: hey graham wait up huh? where are you going i started
4: running i stumbled over an garbage camp I picked myself up and ran i didn't want to die i didn't want to die i ran and ran I began to feel as though I pushed through a cement mixture. My body ached like I'd been beaten with a club. I don't know how long I ran, but finally I knew I was okay. I'd gotten away from them, for now.
5: Where can a guy go when he's reached dead end?
4: Did you ever have a tune in your head and you couldn't lose it? You think of a million and one things, but it's always there. Somehow I got to Highway 99. I could still hear Helen's voice. It was after 11.30. It was cold and windy and the cars were passing me like I was a stone or a piece of wood, not flesh and blood. Just like them trying to stay alive. Trying to find a place for myself in this lousy world.
5: Where can a guy go when he's reached dead end? I couldn't
4: get rid of that voice. If I could have ripped it out of my head with my fingernails, I think I would have done it. I'd show her I hadn't reached dead end. I'd show her. Uh,
0: hop in.
1: It's an old fliver.
4: The guy driving it was a shriveled up little squirt that could have been 60 or 100. We traveled at a steady 25 miles an hour. I'd like to have been moving faster, but you can't choose your rides in the middle of the night. Fifteen, twenty minutes. The old guy didn't say a word the whole time. He just sat there behind the wheel with a cold pipe in his mouth. At peace with the whole world. I kept thinking I'd settle for that right now. For the rest of my life.
0: Well, far as I'm going. Huh? Turn off on that little dirt road up yonder. Oh, okay.
4: Say... Yes? Your place really must be away from everything. Well. Y- you wouldn't be interested in taking in a border for a couple of days? No. Uh, I... I could pay you not much, but, well, uh, but a little. I
0: wouldn't be interested. It's getting late.
4: Okay. <laughs> After the Ford left, I felt like a lost penny. I couldn't have been more alone if I was in the middle of the Sahara Desert cars started passing me again. Their headlights blinded me for a second and then rushing on. It was getting colder all the time. I felt my whole body shivering. My teeth were chattering like a handful of dice. I don't know just how long I stood there. Then a car stopped, the headlights blinding me. A ride! I walked over to the car. My fingers closed around the handle just as the door opened. Come right in, George. You! We've been looking for you. Come on in. No! I don't know how I got away from them. I ran to the side of the road, rolled into a deep gully. I was all scratched up and bloody, but I didn't even feel the pain.
5: Where could a guy go when he's reached dead end?
4: No, no. I didn't believe that. I started crawling on my hands and knees along the bottom of the gully. I could taste dirt in my mouth. Any second I expected to hear a gun go off, I expected to feel a slug tear into me. After a while, I looked back. I'd gone about 50 yards. The guys had found a flashlight and were shining it down in the gully trying to find me.
5: Where can a guy go when he's reached dead
4: end? I don't know how long I crawled. But when I looked back again, I couldn't see the guys anymore. All I could see were the headlights of their parked car way down the road. I climbed out of the gully back on the highway. I had to get another ride quick. Big truck was parked just off the highway. I went around to the cab, climbed on the running board. The driver was just sitting up rubbing his eyes and yawning.
0: What do you want, Kelly?
4: Uh you're taking a little snooze for yourself, huh? Yeah. You're gonna start rolling pretty soon? Right now. Alone. Mind if I ride along with you? Yeah, I mind. No, look, I, I'm not like some of these guys. I won't talk an ear off you. You won't talk an ear off me because I won't be around. <laughs> off the running board, Pally. Uh, mister, please, give, give me a break. Tired getting a ride this time of night. I said off the running board. No, no, you can't leave me stranded here. They'll find me. They'll kill me. Look, what are you trying to hand out? Now, for the last time, Pally, off the running oh, board. No, please, you've got to give me a break. I'll give you a break right in your head. See this wrench? I carry it right up here with me for jokers like you. Now, don't get me started, Pally. Off the running board. No, I can't. Okay, okay, I'll see if I can help you. What are you gonna do? (laughs) Let go of me. I'm gonna give
0: you that break you asked for. That big, wonderful break.
4: Everything got mixed up. Everything got torn and twisted. Smart. I felt pain one minute, and the next minute I felt nothing at all. Where could
5: a guy go when he's reached dead end? Shut up, Helen. Shut up. Where could a guy go when he's reached dead end? Up, Helen, reached dead end?
4: I know I was fighting the for the right. I was crying and I was going crazy trying to keep Helen's voice out of my head. And then right in the middle of everything, I started remembering something my old man used to say way back when I was a kid. Yo and he'd come home dirty. from work to this well supper his mama had waiting for. him. Ain't it great to be alive? Hey. I finally got the wrench and hit him with it. Over, over again. Ain't it great to be alive? He'd say. Ain't it great to be alive? Then it was over. I was standing alone, trying to get my wind back. Feeling worn out through and through. I was holding something cold and wet. I looked at my fist. I was holding the wrench. I tried to let go of it. I couldn't. Then I saw the driver huddled at my feet, like he'd crawled off the highway to take a nap. I, I, I turned him over with my shoe. I felt sick. He was dead. I felt the wrench fall from my fingers. I looked down the road. The Buick was still parked. I started for the truck. I don't know how I felt. I felt like none of it was real, so it didn't matter. And I stopped. I went back to the body. I knelt down. I emptied the pockets. I put the wallet and some letters in my jacket, dug out my wallet and put it in the dead man's pants. I didn't think much about it. It just seemed like a good idea. Then while I was stooped over, I happened to see that the Buick down the road was starting to move. I rolled the body down into the gully. As it disappeared, I called after it. So long, George. I ran back to the truck. I was alive. I was on my way. Yeah, the old man was right. It was great to be alive. The Buick passed me like I was standing still. One of the guys in the front seat gave the truck the once-over, but I was slumped into the shadows. I was all right. I pulled out the driver's wallet... Looked at it under the dashboard lights. His name was Joe Parsons. Joe Parsons, okay. He was 32 years old. I could pass for that. Five feet eight. That was close enough. 180 pounds. Okay, so who could tell at night in worth clothes? Joe Parsons, pleased to meet you. Yeah, and the pleasure is all mine. I stopped at the first roadhouse. I went around and back, I cleaned myself up. Then I went out in front. There was a phone booth there. I closed myself in. dial long distance. Long distance.: uh, I want to speak to Helen Graham in Los Angeles, Gladstone. 3165.
6: One moment, please. Yeah.
4: From the moment I fished his wallet out, the idea had been taking shape. It was a fine idea. If Helen would help me, it would work.
6: I have your party. Yeah. That will be 60 cents plus 10 cents tax. 70 cents in all, please.
4: Uh, okay, okay.
6: Thank you. Go ahead, please.
4: Helen, it's me.
5: Where are you calling from?
4: I'm on the highway.
5: You got away from him? Yeah. You were born under a lucky star. <laughs> they came up the apartment. They made me tell them what... Oh,
4: okay, okay, never mind that. Listen to me, baby. I think we're going to be okay.
5: I'm already okay. All right, now
4: listen. Before very long, you're going to get a call from the morgue. Huh? They'll want you to identify a body they're going to find on the highway.
5: Hey, what is this? Just listen, will you? Yeah,
4: The body will be pretty banged up, but you'll be able to identify it, all right. You'll be able to say, it's me. You? Yeah. When the gang sees that in the papers, they'll stop looking for me.
5: So now you've killed a guy.
4: Well, I didn't mean to.
5: You never mean anything you do.
4: Well, he'd have killed me if I hadn't fought back. You'll do it, won't you, Helen? Oh. Please, Helen. It's the last time I'll ask you for anything. I'll make it up to you. You'll see if I don't.
5: Yeah, sure. All right, I'll do it.
4: Yeah, thanks, Helen.
5: I still think you'd be better off dead. Operator? Operator,
4: Uh, I'm a truck driver. I I just saw a body along Highway 99.
6: A body? Wait one moment, I'll connect you with the police. No, no,
4: you wait. I haven't got time to call the police. I'm behind schedule now. Uh, You call them. Tell them to get out there. About five miles this side of Kilgore. I hung up on her. I got out of the phone booth. Then I went back to the truck and started driving.
2: You're listening to Radio Rarities. We'll return after this short break. I'm we'll
3: Hooray!
2: If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Lone Ranger, The Shadow, Jack Benny, Gunsmoke, Dragnet, and Suspense, become a member of the Classic Radio Club. Each month, you'll receive 10 half-hour classic radio shows, along with historical liner notes. The 10 shows will be on 5 CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. You'll also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full 5-Hour Hollywood 360 radio show and the 30-Minute Radio Rarities podcast that Lisa Wolf and I co-host. In total, you'll receive 34 classic radio shows per month. Become a Classic Radio Club member at classicradioclub.com or call 815-900-7535 to speak to a live operator. Log on to Classic RadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535 That's 815-900-7535 Now, back to Radio Rarities
4: I didn't know much about driving a truck like this but I kept her in low gear all the way I fell into place with other trucks on the highway and I was okay After a while I could start thinking about other things But starting over again. Maybe making a go of it this time. When was I going to get my break? Everybody had a jackpot waiting for him someplace. Well, I was sure ready for mine. Then I saw the cop standing in the middle of the road, signaling me with a flashlight, signaling me to stop. I felt a tiny nerve deep inside me start jangling. I felt a bead of sweat slide down my cheek.
0: What'd this guy want? Come on out for you know what for
4: no i I don't know
0: what come on come on you've been driving a truck long enough to know an inspection depot when you see it oh yeah sure sure what's the matter with me tonight what's your name joe parsons parsons oh you're the one huh what are you carrying what in back? What do you
4: back? mean, I'm the one? I'm the one for what?
0: The kid was asking What kid? It. Where is come it? Come on, come on. There's other guys waiting, too. What are you carrying in back? And, uh, I, yeah, I... I know, I know. You guys could carry nitroglycerin and not know about it. I've been working the Nevada highway, and the drivers there are just the same. Come on, get the keys and open her up. I got the back open. The cop shined his light around. It was all wooden
4: packing cases in front, but in back there were crates of fruit and vegetables. Yeah, that outfit of yours.
0: What's the matter? I was warned to be on the lookout for something like this. What? How am I supposed to inspect this stuff when it's packed in like that? Oh, yeah, that's right. you guys learned a lesson. Come on into the office, partner. Oh, oh, but listen, I'm late. You're going to be a lot later. Come on. Now, give me a break, will you? Come on. We're going to make a call. Uh,
4: who are you going to call?
0: Your company. That's who I'm going to call. I'm going to have them send out a couple of stevedores to unload so I can see what you got. And you're going to wait till they get here. Hey, I can't do that. I... Who says you can't? Right through there. Uh, who's that? Yeah. I had to get out of here. When?
4: If anybody came out from the company, they'd recognize right away that yeah. I wasn't Joe Parsons.
0: No, no. Yeah, okay. I looked at the door. Maybe I ought to make a break for it. Yeah, right away.
4: I had to do something.
0: Fine thing. I just found a dead guy up the road. Uh, Yeah? Gotta get down there right away. What about me? All right, I'll let it go this time. Swell, I'll see it won't happen again. You signed the report, didn't you? Sure, sure. Okay for me to go? Yeah. That poor stiff on the road, whoever he is, he's done you a big favor, Joe. Go on, get going. I climbed back into the truck.
4: Kick kicked the starter. I wanted to get out of there so bad. It was a full minute before I saw the girl sitting there staring at me.
6: You're Joe Parsons, aren't you? Well? I'd been waiting in the shed. I called up the trucking company and said it was an emergency. They told me you'd be coming through around now.
4: What do you want? I'm not supposed to pick up passengers, even good-looking girls, much as I'd like to.
0: I'm... Ruth Yeah, okay
4: Am I supposed to know you, Ruth?
6: I'm Evelyn's sister
4: Oh, Evelyn's sister
6: She came home to Ma last week Just like she said she would That's well. Yeah, she came home In a box Look, honey That's why I came out here To kill you
4: Now, look, honey, you better put that gun away.
6: Just try to grab it. I want you to. That'll make it easier for me. I guess I've done everything else that's rotten in this world, but I never killed anybody before. Why
4: do you want to kill me?
6: Huh. When you walked out on my kid's sister, you killed her. What? She was dead long before she turned on the gas.
4: What are you trying to do, tell me I killed her? Now, wait a minute, I...
6: You could have seen some of the letters she sent home. You were her dream man. I could have told her about dream men. I've been bumping into dream men all my life. Ah, but she wouldn't have listened. All right. It's over for her. Now it's gonna be over for you, Joe.
4: You're making a mistake. Listen to me, I'm not Joe. If you kill me, you're killing the wrong guy. And I can prove it. How? How? Well, she must have sent you pictures of this guy. Look, I'll turn on the light. Here, look at me. I'm not Joe.
6: She never sent us any picture. All she said, you were dark and handsome. If you weren't sweating so much, some people might call you handsome. Look, I tell you, I'm not... I like to see you sweat. I've been battered around so much by guys like you... Yeah, I'd love to see you sweat. Yeah, but I tell
4: you, I'm not Joe. My name's George Graham.
6: Show me something that says you're George Graham. Sure, I'll show you my wallet.
4: Wait. Yeah. No, I can't.
6: I didn't think you could. Now, listen to me. I've been listening for the last five... Hey, what is that? The
4: police car came up.
6: If you say anything, I'll kill you. I don't care what happens. Hey,
4: shut up, it's that cop.
0: Parsons! Yeah. I'll lock you up. Here, I should be halfway to Kilgore by now on that accident case, and I gotta go chasing after you. What's wrong? The report. What about it? I thought you told me you signed it. Oh. It's all I do. Just let one of you guys get by without signing, and then it's my neck. Oh, it, it slipped my mind. Oh, yeah. Maybe I can see why. You ought to know better to park on the highway like this, Joe. What do you mean? Ask the lady what I mean. (laughs) She was asking when you were coming in. I didn't realize it was romance.
4: Why don't you
6: (laughs) shut
0: up? Uh, You can't talk to me like that. Oh, you
6: got it all figured out, haven't you?
0: Not much to figure, lady. Here, sign it, Joe. I got to get going. Here, give me the pencil. Here you are. Joseph Parsons, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, you better not park on the highway with a lady, Joe. They got lost. Yeah, all right.
6: (laughs) Nice fella. The world's full of nice fellas. Wherever you go, you'll find somebody with a hand ready to push your face in.
4: He shouldn't have talked to you like that.
6: And you. So you're not Joe Parsons, huh?
4: Look, I had to sign Joe Parsons. I had a reason. Wouldn't have I had told him to grab you if I didn't have a reason? You
6: couldn't have been afraid of the gun. No, not you. Well, you should have told him to grab me, Joe. Wait,
4: listen to me, you crazy dame. I'll tell you the truth. I've done you a favor. You don't have to worry about killing Joe Parsons. He's already dead.
6: Dead? How do you know? I killed him,
4: that's how I know. Huh? Back on the highway, three, four hours ago. I was in trouble, I had to get a ride. He wouldn't give me one. We started fighting, he... He had a wrench, I killed him with it.
6: I don't believe you. But
4: don't you see, that's why I couldn't tell a cop about you? Don't you see, he'd have brought us both in. Everything would have come out.
6: Oh, wouldn't I be a sucker to fall for that? I'm telling
4: you the truth. Hey! Helen, sure... What are you talking about? I can prove I'm George Graham. The next gas station we come to will stop. You can phone Helen.
6: You're sure trying to sell me a bill of goods. I'm
4: trying to stay alive. The first gas station. We'll phone from there. You'll see.
6: It better not be too far away.
4: Maybe the next gas station wasn't really far away, but it seemed to me like it must have been on the outskirts of China. She just sat there, looking out at the road ahead. Her face was hard and cold. I knew if this didn't work, she'd finally get nerve enough to kill me.
6: There's a garage down the road. They'll have a phone.
4: Yeah. There... There's only one thing. What's that? I, I've been thinking. Yeah? Uh, I'll have to talk to Helen first. Why? Well, so I can explain to her She has to tell you the truth Otherwise...
6: Otherwise what? Well,
4: I, I called her before and told her what happened I, I mean about Parsons I told her she was to identify the body of Parsons as me Well, well, that's been three hours Anyhow, that means the chances are She's already been called Now, if you ask her about me Without me talking to her first Why, well, well, then she'd say to Shut you... Shut up!
6: Shut up! I'm tired of your lies I
4: know it sounds crazy, but it's the truth, I swear it is
6: Stop the truck, here, before we reach the garage Why? I said stop the truck Now
4: give me a break, you're making a mistake
6: I've been making mistakes all my life Stop
0: the truck
4: So you can kill me? No
0: Look,
3: I told
4: you Go ahead and shoot, baby Only you're gonna die too Because once my hands leave this wheel
3: You think I care about that?
4: Better than 50 miles an hour already! It'll tip over and
0: burn like a torch! Almost 60, baby! Hey, Move over, suckers! Move over!
4: The express is coming through! On a one-way street! Don't turn!
1: Up ahead!
4: Ruth Yeah You all right?
6: I think so. You? I'm okay. <sighs> we must have been thrown clear. So it wasn't a dead end after all. What? The last thing I thought about before we went off the road. It was funny. I thought all my life, everything I'd done had driven me step by step to this road. And in this moment... Andy, you... That really sounds goofy, doesn't it?
4: No. Helen said that, too. About dead end, I mean. And... I guess you'll think this is some more of my baloney But what you just said I felt that too No kidding Yeah George I'm Joe, remember?
6: No You're George
4: Now you believe me? Yeah Why?
6: I don't know Maybe that jolt I got, maybe it knocked some sense into me.
0: No,
4: I don't think it's that. Hey.
6: Huh?
4: What? No, it's nothing.
6: Hold my hand, will you? What's the matter? Must be the shock or something. You feel weak? No. Funny. Giddy. Like I was just starting to get high. No, not that either.
4: Ruth, listen.
6: It's all mixed up. I feel like I used to feel when I was just a little kid. Ma would bathe me in the kitchen. And I'd sit near the stove in a big Turkish towel and Oh what am I talking about?
4: Ruth, listen to me. Wh- hey where are you going?
6: We gotta get back to the truck. Look at it. No, wait. Huh?
4: You don't want to go back to the truck, honey.
6: Why not? You gotta report the accident.
4: If we go back to the truck, we'll see something that... Well, this is all going to seem awful crazy to us at first. Until we understand it better.
6: George. What will we see?
4: We'll... We'll see two bodies.
6: Whose? bodies? Ours.
4: Yours and mine, Ruthie.
1: The American Broadcasting Company has presented another play in a series titled Out of the Night. Tonight's story, Dead End, starred Elliot Lewis as George and featured Jeanette Nolan as Ruth, Lois Corbett as Helen, John McIntyre as the inspector and David Ellis as the truck driver. Listen again next week over most of these stations to another story... Out of the Night. George Fenneman speaking. This is ABC, the American Broadcasting Company.
3: Well, Carl, Elliot Lewis certainly kept us on the edge of our seats in that one.
2: It was a thriller right to the end.
3: Though Lewis and his supporting cast of Lois Corbett, David Ellis, along with the husband and wife team of Jeanette Nolan and John McIntyre did a grand job, ABC's executives were not impressed enough to greenlight the series.
2: And it suffered the same fate when pitched to other networks, thus out of the night. Not progress past this audition.
3: Perhaps it was too similar to Dark Venture and the network brass were interested in something different?
2: That is one possibility, Lisa.
3: The script that was used for this audition was one previously aired on Dark Venture as The Chase, which had been broadcast during July of 1946.
2: And even though his latest proposal was not a success, Lisa, Larry Marcus was not out of a job for very long.
3: That's right. Director Bill Russo was seeking someone to write the scripts of his latest project, The New. New Adventures of
2: Michael Shane. With Jeff Chandler slated to star as the fearless private investigator.
3: During 1948, Marcus wrote several scripts for the Shane series.
2: We'll feature the premiere episode of the Jeff Chandler Michael Shane series on an upcoming Radio Rarities podcast.
3: In 1949, Bell International Pictures produced a Dark Venture television series which used several scripts from the Dark Venture radio program.
2: Also in 1949, Marcus collaborated with Warren Lewis, resulting in one of radio's finest noir series, Nightbeat.
3: Although the audition for this series with Edmund O'Brien did not sell, a second with Frank Lovejoy was approved by NBC, and the Nightbeat series enjoyed a couple of successful years on the air.
2: We'll also feature the Edmund O'Brien audition for Nightbeat on an upcoming Radio Rarities podcast, so don't miss it.
3: I'm looking forward to that one, Carl. I've always enjoyed Edmund O'Brien as yours truly, Johnny Dollar, so hearing him as the star of Nightbeat will be interesting.
2: Well, that's all the time we have for this edition of Radio Rarities. Radio Rarities is a Gulfstream Studios copyrighted production produced by yours truly, Carl Amari. My co-host is Lisa Wolf. Mike Costella is our executive producer. And the show is written by Carl Shadow. Next week, we'll present a thrilling episode starring Howard Duff as a private detective. But it's not an episode of Sam Spade. You won't want to miss it. Thanks for listening.